Welcome back to the Encounter Mercy podcast. I am Father Andy Boyd, coming back to you again for another week. Last week we didn't have an episode, but that's all right. We were all taking a little bit of a needed rest after a very crazy Easter season and Lenten season, but today I'm back uh, with you all, and I have with me Jesse Spinogle. Jesse, it's good to have you back as uh, my co-host. Glad I'm not doing this alone. <laughs> Support. We're here for each other. And tonight, Definitely. tonight we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, someone I've known since high school, uh, and... We've been friends for a while. Uh, you know, I was at your wedding. What a wonderful time that was and everything with that. So uh, tonight we have with us Jillian. Now, Zatzik, I almost called you Dunn because I just I so I know you by the last name so well. Yeah, I mean, once you get into high school nicknames and whatnot, because people used to call me Jay Dunn all the time, yep. that the transition is hard. And I mean, as it was for you when you became father Andy Boyd and I was like oh why well, I, I gotta tag on that FR you know yeah. at the beginning or else before are gonna think of, look at me sideways all the time yeah so. and just so if anybody yeah. is listening tonight and they're like oh my gosh what is wrong with that Jillian she never calls him father like just deal with it we're friends from high school and we've known each other for years so it's I don't expect you to always call me father and it's gonna slip out sometimes so it doesn't matter so don't worry everybody so but it's yeah. But much respect is there. Oh so, my gosh, especially, much respect yeah. and love and admiration. I love working with you all. So it's just, it's good to have you both here tonight. Now we posted just a few weeks ago um, on our uh, Facebook and other places in a few weeks, my gosh, nearly a month ago now. On April 30th, we found out that we were listed on a uh, list of top 40 Catholic podcasts. And now a month ago, we were at position number 33, which is really cool. And, you know, Jillian and I were talking last night, and you had mentioned to us uh, or to me about the idea of um, this is a very scriptural and uh, good and holy number, the fact that 33. The Jesus number right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. like that's really cool. And when Vince and I started this project, I don't think either of us ever thought we would, number one, get listeners, or number two, ever make it on a list. So it's kind of cool to be on a list. And I'm grateful to have this uh, journey and opportunity with you all too now. I'm, I'm glad it's not just uh, Vince and I trying to do it because uh, I don't think anybody would be listening still. But we have some news tonight. We have some news because uh, we've gone up one ranking and now we are number 32 uh, on the list, So, which is pretty cool. Um, so let's see. Insert clap. Yeah, let's see how that goes. I'll have to see if I can find some. I think I can find some really bad clapping sounds. I'll add it over this. As you're listening to me ramble, you're hearing that horrible clapping sound. It'll drown all this out. Um, so that's really kind of cool. So we're up to 32 now. So uh, if you want to check the name it out. Of the list was what now? Yeah. It, the, the list is called Top 40 Catholic Podcasts You Must Follow in 2021. And if you just search Catholic podcasts on Google, this is like the top result. But uh, we'll have a link in the show notes of this episode. There will be a link on our main website as well as uh, I'll reshare the link um, on our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and we can put it all out there. So give it a check, you know, and if you're watching or listening to this, uh, you know, give us a like or a share or a follow. We'd really appreciate it. To, let's keep going up so that next week we're up to uh, 31 and the week after 30, 30 and keep going down. So that'd be really cool. But um, 
I'm really grateful for you guys and everything. And it's so wonderful to have you, Jillian, on our episode tonight to take us into that next phase and next step of our journey. And speaking of phases and steps in our journey, like you've got a rather uh, big one coming up here soon. Yes, yes. Um, my husband and I are 37 weeks. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have our, our second child, God willing, everything will go great and healthy. And yeah, so we're excited and we're really excited. That is really exciting. I mean, uh, just because I'm grateful that uh, we as friends can be a part of this extremely awesome experience. So just a few weeks back as well, um, on Divine Mercy Sunday, I had the opportunity to be at Vince's uh, third child's baptism, where actually I was the, ba uh, the godfather, which was kind of cool. I've never been a godfather before, so now that's another really yeah first child that I can be the godparent of, which is kind of fun. So that's really cool. So uh, okay. it, these are wonderful experiences. And a few weeks back, uh, Vince and Jesse, you know, you two spoke on fatherhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that episode got us a lot of feedback, really good feedback, talking about how important Catholic fatherhood and raising Catholic children are. Um, but, you know, we don't want to exclude that other half because fatherhood is just one part of the importance. Uh, you know, the other extremely important part, of course, is motherhood. And having very Catholic mothers and leading Catholic families, uh, me as a priest and, and the three of us all working in youth and young adult ministry, it's extremely important presence. So we're really excited tonight to be talking about uh, Catholic motherhood and in general Christian motherhood, but uh, Catholic motherhood uh, and how it is viewed, you know, as, as a mother, Jillian, you're going to be able to help us speak on that and then just from our experiences of what motherhood means to us. You know, I have a very close connection with my mother and I love her very much. And just that connection and being able to talk about our experiences of it, which are completely different than yours. But for all those who um, haven't had the opportunity to know a bit about you or uh, maybe meet you, uh, Jillian, do, do us a favor, because uh, I'm really bad at memories. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and, like, how did we meet? Like, I don't even remember that. How did we meet? High school youth group. Oh, my so, gosh. So, you know, <laughs> typical Catholic, cradle Catholic experience of a youth group, we'll say, right? Um <clears throat> I think that what was a really big connection for not only you and I, Father Andy, but all of our friends was that we really prioritized our faith in the sense that, you know, we took time for it, um, that we went to mass together as a group every week. And then on Wednesdays, we had that that kind of midweek check in of, of youth group and we kind of got to grow with each other and hear our questions and hear our doubts and hear our joys. and you know, our deepening of relationship with Christ through high school. And then that just really became a commitment that we, and a loyalty to each other and, and a, you know, a beautiful thing that we couldn't let go. Um, and I'm so glad because we still have that close group of friends um, yeah. all the way yeah. back from high school. Um, but I think that what was great too is when, you know, when I met you, you were already like, I'm going to be a priest. I'm I'm going to be a priest. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there was no there was no doubt, no hesitancy mind. there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Um, and I think it was a great witness for all of us in the sense of, oh, this vocation thing is really important. You know, it's really important to discern, discern it well. And what does that look like? Um, and I think for me, you know, I, I laugh because there that I'm on the podcast and the particular topic is motherhood because there are so many amazing women. And this is this is not um, a judgment statement at all. It's a praise statement for them. I wish I, I would have been like, oh, I want to be a wife and a mother and, you know, all this stuff when I was younger, because there's some people that that just have that natural instinct. Um, and I was more always just that type A goal oriented person. I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get the degree, and then I'm going to go and get a PhD. So I was I was definitely more in my mindset of goals. And I remember the first time I ever mentioned motherhood, and this is horrible. In our diocese, I don't know about other people, but in our diocese, when you go to, through confirmation, which here is in 11th grade, part of, you have to write a letter, letter to the bishop and kind of explain, you know, your confirmation name and what your relationship with Christ is like. And one of the last questions is, have, have you discerned religious life? You know, so for guys, that means priesthood for women, consecrated life for religious life. And so I was like, gosh, like, and I, I was always on the fence really up until meeting my husband that I could have, you know, gone down that, that road at any point. Um, and I was just thinking, what would be a way that the Bishop couldn't like come up to me and be like, you need to join right now. <laughs> like, how, What can I write? And it was the first time that I was like, Oh, you know what? I just really want to be called mom. So and I was like, that's the perfect out. <laughs> so like, no one's going to be able to argue with that or shame me into, you know, a habit because I want to be called mom. I, I and so just, I think that was, a I don't know, Jesse, I can just hear Bishop Trotman. You will be a nun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. No so it was the first time I like took on the identity of motherhood. Like I, I want this. Um, and, mm. and, but I, it's honestly, because of that been the greatest gift that I've received um, in some ways, besides being a wife, obviously is being a mother because it was something that was unexpected in the sense of, I didn't know how amazing it would be. Um, and it's just been such a, a gift. I'm going to say that word probably a million times, uh, but it's true. It's something that as with fatherhood just grows every day, you know, yeah. and that your, your kids reveal the face of Christ to you in ways that you could have never anticipated or imagined. Um, and I remember being so foolish when I found out we were pregnant with our first who is now three years old, being like, oh my goodness, I've put all the self-work into myself and God has led me here to this point. And what am I going to do? Like, am I going to be able to do this? And I honestly couldn't, I, I was feeling so confused. I like, and, and I didn't know what that was going to look like for me because your whole life you identify as a son, as a daughter, you know, for me up until that point. And so to take on the identity of mom, I was like, I don't even understand that. Um, and I remember saying that to my spiritual director with tears because I felt so embarrassed by it. Um, and and it, my spiritual director is a, a man, and he just said, you know, just go to Mary and go to Elizabeth and just have them be happy for you. Yeah. Just have them be there for you. 
And if you can't be that right now, that's okay. Just have them be with you and journey with you through that pregnancy. And it was such a deeply moving spiritual experience with Mary and Elizabeth. And our first is named Eliza, which is partly after my middle name, but then partly after St. Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, because of just how close companions they were to me on that journey. Um, and so that's, I, I guess, my my little first plug is that, you know, Catholic motherhood or motherhood is something that you grow into um, and that you don't have to be ashamed if it's like this isn't your super identity or super goal from the moment that you're born, even though that we're, I mean, at least I was kind of formed where when we talk about parenthood, it's that very Genesis, you know, Exodus, like go out and multiply and like do that, you know, and even on your wedding day, you know, you talk about children and raising them as Catholic, you know, and so it's a, it's a very always out there reality, but again, nothing that you're ever directly formed into as parenthood. You kind of like everything in the Catholic church. I feel like if you're in ministry, it's like baptism by fire. You just go and do and parenthood. Fatherhood, motherhood, it's, it's just like that, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and this, this relationship that we have, um, you know, being, not being a father biologically, but yet being called father, um, having that relationship with, with everyone, you know, even though I'm sitting here looking at two wonderful, spectacular parents, I'm also thinking like, okay, but you're still my children in a way, because in that mm-hmm. spiritual sense, I'm uh-huh. your spiritual father. And yet this, it has to be this reciprocal relationship. And mm-hmm. I totally get that understanding of like being in a relationship and understanding myself as the son, being myself as the son uh-huh. of my parents. You know, I love my parents. I love them very much, but I was always their son. You know, I'm their son. I'm the brother. I'm not, I'm not the father. And so that, mm-hmm. that almost that identity crisis when it first comes into play and trying to come to understand that, you know, I, I can't even imagine what it's like with marriage, but at least you're kind of like journeying together with someone on that. Whereas like, this uh-huh. is just, as you said, baptism by fire being thrown into it. And like, all right, if you sink, you sink, if you swim, you swim and we'll figure it out together. But yeah. And let's be very clear. Pregnancy is not the same experience for both the male oh, God, and the, no. and the oh, female. Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh God. I have journeyed. Yeah, I live the life. I am quite overweight. Well, you know, <laughs> I, uh, that's some that's some late night. That's some good husband going getting some ice cream at night. That's what I'm hearing, Jesse. So that's, that's, sounds, that's good. Yeah, that's you know, as you yeah. both know, my mother being a nurse midwife and and um, taking care of many many women throughout their pregnancies and delivering so many babies. You know, uh, this pa- not this past Mother's Day, but a year ago, I was trying to really. I really was impressed with the number that came out right before COVID went down um, of the, my mother hitting over 3,500 births in the last, oh my gosh, oh. 20 years. Like that's a lot of babies. That's that's a lot of new children. That's a lot of new people that she's been able to greet into this world and, and sometimes bring into this world in a very physical way. Um, but it's such a beautiful thing. And so just, I, I know that, all the stories I've heard over the years of the pregnancies she's dealt with, the births that she's been at, the stillborns that she's had to suffer through, it is it is a beautiful experience all the way around, and it truly is something that no one can comprehend 
until they go through it. And, you know, God bless women because I, you know, I, everything I've heard, it's just truly spectacular what happens. It doesn't make any sense. And we're, it's a blessing. It really is a blessing. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, I mean, it... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we just said goodbye to our midwife. She, uh, we had our midwife for our four children, Steph. Yeah. And I think she, uh, she worked with your mom, didn't she? Did. She? she did. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Steph, uh, she delivered all four of our children. So, well, she part, Maddie was born in a car. So that's right. a whole other story for another night. But, uh, uh, we just said goodbye. We, <laughs> she, she's a saint. Um, but uh, we met up with her at Sarah's and said goodbye to her because she's going to another state. Right. And that's one of the things we, you know, it was really interesting. The kids kind of asked questions like, how many births have you done? And Maddie said, um, she said, how many babies um, have you struggled, you know, who, who, who passed? And it was a really hard question. And uh, it was just what a powerful ministry she has uh, to see life in, 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 that, in that realm. Um, Jillian, the one question I want to ask you kind of, um, going into this, you talked about this essence change, um, you know, come being mom, you know, I remember the moment where, you know, Sophie was born and my essence changed. Now I'm dad. And, um, what were, you know, growing up, what were some maybe moments or traits, behaviors that really, you know, when you thought, okay, now I'm mom, this is what I need to do. I'm, you know. You know your faith being a big part of your life and who you are, but what are one of the things that like kicked in like initially? Like, like I have to do this now. Like this is this is what mom's supposed to do. I just that's one of the questions I'd like to ask you tonight. Yeah. No. So I guess for me, I know that I kind of set up that like, oh my gosh, do I really want to do this? But the moment that um, our daughter was born, it was just like, oh, I've always known you. You know, it was a very like, just, I mean, for me, it wasn't infatuation. I, I, there's no words would cheapen it. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. infatuation. It wasn't, it was like, Oh, I've always known you. Like you've always been a part of me. And it was just, I mean, that naturalness, I mean, it did, it took over from the moment after she was born. And I think for, you know, my husband and I, cause that's, it's a joint conversation, right. For, for the couple and what you're, hoping and praying for and for your child and for your family and what that looks like. But I think for, for me as a mother, I had, um, you know, my, my own parents got divorced when I was in grade school. And so I had witnessed, you know, the, the union of what parents look like together. And I also got to experience the gift that was her single motherhood in a lot of ways. Um, because it really taught me about the importance of sacrifice. Um, and there was many, many days where my mom would be working late nights and, you know, I'd be doing homework, helping my younger brother with homework and she would go come home and, and again, make sure that everything was, was good and fine. And so I really, I think for me, one of the biggest traits that I adapted right away was and and I think it witnesses Christ is like, I had to get out of the way, you know, for the sake of whatever it is for my kids, you know, whatever that sacrifice is called, you know, to make their lives better and more happy and loving and faith filled and whatever that is that I'm willing to lay down anything to make that happen. 
Um, and St. Gianna talked about that all the time, even before she actually lived that out, you know, yeah. um, is that the essence of motherhood is, is sacrifice. And I think that that stands for fatherhood too, in some ways, obviously they can be a little bit different. Um, but to me, that was the biggest trait. And I think that, you know, the two of you know that my husband and I in the past couple of years have made the move back to Erie to our hometown. Um, and we loved where we were. I was working as a theology teacher in a high school and we were very comfortable. We had a very comfortable life. And then we looked at each other and not only was felt called by God to the position I work in the diocese now um, with young adult and youth, but we looked at each other and was like, this is what's right for our family, you know, for our kids to grow up around their grandparents and to have memories and to be closer and that our comfort doesn't mean anything compared to the joy, happiness and faith family that we also knew was here for them um, from having grown up in it. So that's, I kind of, I think that that's really been the key for our family and, you know, what I've experienced thus far, you know, with the three-year-old and one on the way. Yeah, so, yeah. So you mentioned something that really kind of struck with me and is so true because we hear about it. In fact, you mentioned a few times, but that idea that you had of like, we were, you were comfortable, you and you and your husband were comfortable where you were and the Lord said to you, okay, you're comfortable. Everything's going well. And now I'm going to make you sacrifice. Like you're going to, uh -huh. you're going to have to give up something here that you're happy with that things are, whether they were going perfectly the way you expected or not, but the Lord is like calling you out to you and saying, okay, you did your job here now, but we need you somewhere else. Yeah. It definitely felt like a Peter on the beach moment, you know, yeah. where it was like, okay, yeah. like leave the nets, leave everything behind and like, let's go. And it was that, you know, when you grow up Catholic, Christian, whatever it is. And like you profess that faith and you realize like, I, I call it like it was my put up or shut up moment yeah. like where Jesus was yeah. very direct. And he was like, we're going to go do this thing. And it was a very vivid and I mean, amazing prayer experience. But I, I knew I was like, this is Christ. And I mean, this is where I, I lay my chips down and say like, yes, yes, Lord, like I will come, you know, or not. So, um, and I think that, Gosh, it probably, I mean, it happens to us every day. It probably just, you know, for me that one day it was quite vivid, but I mean, even in, in parenthood and motherhood, I mean, that's what we're called to do is, is follow Christ and then lead, lead our children to that relationship too, you know? I am, um, you, you, you wear many hats, Jillian, and, um, you know, we appreciate your leadership in the diocese. And one of the things I wanted to ask you tonight was, just the concept of balance, you know, I have a spiritual director and I go in there and I like, okay, this is what's going on. I like, you know, spiritually throw up everything. <laughs> it's like, Jesse, the father, Jesse, the husband, Jesse, the youth minister, Jesse, fun guy, you know, I need my time and like balancing all that like stuff. How do you find balance being a Catholic mom, um, being, you know, in the position you are with the diocese, with youth and young adults, being a, a, a wife? Like, how, what, what gives you balance in all this? So I think, gosh, for me, it's so messy. Um, 
And I, gosh, there, I know that when I started dating my husband, there's a, a book out there that's, I don't know, cheeses in the title and it talks about men and women's brains. And I know that I think it analogizes women's brains to like a plate of spaghetti or something where everything's just interconnected, okay. right? And crazy, crazy. Instead of compartmentalized. Um, and that's my, that's just, I mean, that's my brain. I, when I went to uh, school, grad school for theology, I did systematic theology just because, I mean, that's how I connect everything. That's how my brain works. And so when you talk about balance, I, I can't think of scales or anything. I just think of it as long as it all comes together, then I feel balanced. And so for me, where it all comes together in is Jesus. Um, a couple months ago during pandemic, my husband, Jason and I, we, there's this ministry called the messy family ministry that's based in Pittsburgh. And they do a lot of stuff with uh, Pat Lencioni's frantic families book and whatnot, but it basically forces you to sit down and be like, what are our core values as a family? You know, what are the things that make us unique? What are the things that we want to invest in? Uh, Whether that means time, finances, prayer, spirituality, all that. And really the top one that Jason and I said was, you know, and people express their Catholic faith in many ways, but for our family, it was really, we want to be vocal and know and feel and everything, what it means to be in personal relationship with Jesus, really to love Jesus and express that love. And I mean, people do that in different ways, right? Through service or through uh, being highly involved in their church. And, you know, you could get more specific with that. Uh, but for us, it was really starting to talk about what it means to be in love with Jesus. And I mean, our daughter's three. And so, for instance, how that looked for us changing our prayer life was before we would sit down and go through the family list of names and friends or anyone we had special assets for special intentions. And we would do our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, Bed. Not bad, not dissing that at all. Like, obviously, <laughs> that's what we were doing. But then we were like, okay, so how do we talk about loving Jesus then? You know, what what do we do with that? And so we sat down and we tried to come up with a more like Ignatian examine for a three-year-old, which starts with like, okay, where did you see Jesus today? Well, what does that mean? Well, when someone was nice or someone was loving or characteristics of Jesus, right? And trying to see that in nature or people or wherever a three-year-old. And, and then we also share because we want to be vocal as parents and witnesses to where we're also seeing Christ. And then we go on to, well, what were your feelings today? And, you know, talk about those and, and then go to, okay, so let's talk to Jesus. Uh, what do you want? Is there something you want to say to Jesus? So again, that Jesus is active, is present, is mutually loving us in return. And then we go into what we were doing before, which is intentions and, you know, um, the, the beautiful prayers that we share as a faith-filled family together. Um, but that's, I think that those are the things where it's like, I find balance when I can root it in faith more or in our relationship with Christ more. Um, and that's where that comes to be because otherwise, I mean, gosh, in pandemic, I think we've all learned kind of where our priorities are or where they maybe should have been, you know, possibly during this time and really what it means to be well and unwell, all those conversations have really cropped up, I think, in this past year and a half for people. Um, and so for me as a Catholic mom, it's just, am I am I having Jesus be at the forefront of our family life on a daily basis? And really, you know, when our knees hit the floor in the morning, 
giving our family and, you know, over to God and surrendering that to, to God and then ending the day, you know, coming full circle in that love. So, and again, trying to impossibly witness to, you know, that throughout the whole entire day, um, but as best we can. So. Definitely beautiful. Um, what would you say um, is one of the biggest challenges today for a Catholic mom? I mean, there's a lot out there, especially with the, the world so divided, um, social media oh. being, you know, rolling our our um, engagement. Uh, if you're, you know, you're talking to a young mom out there who's maybe listening to the podcast, what, what's some of the challenges that they need to be aware of to hold on to faith throughout this crazy time? Yeah, I... And it's it's hard because, you know, people are going to have listened to everything I just said and then compare their own family to, to that, that or what yeah. their own faith life has looked. And that's the whole thing. I think comparative narrative is so huge. Um, and I think social media really thrives on that. We go and we scroll Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it could be, and you just see other people and you're like, Oh, I want to be like them, or I want that life, or I want that thing, right? And you just keep comparing. And there's so many amazing Catholic moms that are on social media, you know, that can inspire you. But at the end of the day, you're, sometimes you're just like, man, like I don't do that well enough, or I don't do this. And then, you know, statistically in our world, friend groups and, and tribes of people and neighborhoods, whatever you want to say, you know, whatever phrase you want to use are shrinking. People don't know how to be friends anymore. You know, that's actually one of the, the things that when I, I was working with college students, they would come in and be like, it wasn't about how do I find a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you think, you know, their problem should be. But it was like, how do I make a friend? I'm like, say what? <laughs> you know, and so it's, it's becoming just this increasing phenomena in our world um, of isolation, and which COVID, again, was one of the things that we really saw hit. Um, so I say for any Catholic mom, it's like you really have to root yourself in your own relationship with Christ. And I always used to tell my high schoolers was that you're a unique, we're all unique expressions of God's love. How God loves you and you express that love, I can never, ever touch that. There's no way. And so therefore, how you talk about Jesus and how you're in love with Jesus, that's going to touch someone's heart that I, I never can, you know? And that we need you. We need that love in this world because it does make a difference when it's not there. And so I say to every, you know, Catholic mom, it's just, well, just invest in Jesus. Invest in your relationship in Christ, you know. Um, don't compare yourself to, oh, well, it's not as good as so-and-so's or my our, fam our prayer life as a family isn't like that. And so, therefore, it's not, you can't get into that. Find out how you are called to express you know, and share in that love of Christ and how you're called to, again, introduce your kids to that. Because all you can do is introduce your kids to the Jesus that you know and that you love, you know, and that you're in relationship with. That's true. I, my mom's been living with us and um, she keeps, because we pray every night, like they're waiting for me upstairs right now. <laughs> and like, so like, she's like, I wish we would have prayed more as a family. I'm like, mom, you did good. Like, we did it our way. We read the Bible. We said a rosary. She's like, yeah, but, you know, it's every night you make it a pro I'm like, that's what works for us. It doesn't make one person holier than the next or whatever. That's a priority that we've set as a family. And it lets the kids, you know, like you said, express 
their faith, talk about their faith. Uh, so a check in on where they are, what's going on in their life too. But you know, we provide that model for them. So yeah, I agree. Don't don't compare yourself to others. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think sometimes, I mean, especially for women, um, gosh, when you talk about childbearing and like when are you going to have kids and how many kids are you going to have and all that stuff, which I mean, a lot of that like isn't up to you. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> like a lot of that is up to to God and just, you know, what, what happens when your relationship with your husband and whatnot. So I just... I think that sometimes there's, again, we put these pressures or goals on ourselves or our society does that to us, right? And that, again, ideal Catholic families are, they do this or that, or they're this size or not this size, right? And it's just such a false narrative because, again, you're just taking out, you're taking out that the people in in all of these equations who God intimately created, right, as it says in the Psalms, and we just want to throw everybody into this is what it is to be Catholic or this is what it is to be a person that loves Jesus. Um, and, and gosh, like we're going to miss out on so much beauty and wonderful um, love if we do that. So. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, Jillian, just kind of like to kind of round out the picture here. Um, we've talked, we've kind of hinted at it and we've, we've talked around it, but just like tell us a little bit about your work in the diocese um, just so that people kind of know what's going on and uh, get enough feel for what's going on. So you work for the Diocese of Erie, which happens to be where the three of us are from. Um, and okay. we all actually work for, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a priest of the diocese. You work at the diocesan offices in an office. And Jesse, of course, is a youth minister in one of our parishes and works extremely closely with the pastor dealing with faith formation youth ministry etc so uh give us your spiel yeah it was ironic when you said i wear many hats because jesse definitely wears yeah, more hats Jesse's than one me with the most hats out of all of us <laughs> yeah yes um so i i have the privilege of i always say i serve the office of young adult and youth ministry in the diocese of erie um because everything that is in our faith, which is why, why I think I've always felt attracted to it um, since I was young is it's so beyond us, right? That we get to be small threads in this big tapestry of, of beauty, which is our faith. Right. Um, I just hope that my thread is like not point out. Right? Is that one that you, <laughs> you and I both are, I hope mine's um, not either. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, I get to I get to serve that office, and I'm part of a, a larger team. How our diocese structures young adult and youth is within lifelong faith formation, right? So that we're not just looking at chunks of the lifespan, if that's sacraments and catechesis or marriage or whatever. That all those offices come together so that we have joint conversations and efforts, so that we can ensure that the Catholic experience in our diocese is full, and that you can encounter Christ at each step along the way. Um, which is so important in this world today where I feel like, especially with the age that most people, you know, make a conscious decision to opt out of their faith, which is 13 right now is what the numbers or statistics are saying, um, is that we think that like, oh, I made that decision and that's done now. Um, and I want to be like, no, like as a church, we need to keep offering opportunities and experiences and 
sacraments and rituals and whatever you want to say out there for people to continually encounter Christ throughout their whole lives. Because yeah, if we just do K through 12 and then say, well, like you're in or you're, you know, like that's all we're going to put in you, you're in or you're out, yeah. you know, that that's just, and again, that's not how we see Jesus work in scripture at all. Right. I mean, I don't, he never said no to children, no to the elderly. No. I mean, he never said no to anyone based off of age or based off of ability. You know, it was more based off of them saying no. Right. right. And, and what their own heart and their own faith looked like. So uh, I feel privileged um, and honored by Jesus to be called to invite people into relationship with him, especially young people um, who I think are just so misunderstood and that are so um, yearning for so much and have so much hope in our world and are, are just want to contribute in so many ways. And I think that we struggle as adults to, to help them do that in such amazing productive ways that could really help them flourish. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to, you know, just say something too. I, I think, you know, recently I called around to all the different surrounding dioceses and kind of did a, a synopsis of what's going on in faith formation on all levels. And uh, Jillian, just on behalf of, you know, people working in the vineyard with you, um, thank you. Uh, I, we're in good hands. Uh, there's so many people who don't put faith formation, they, they don't, there's so many dioceses who don't put it as the forefront and they just don't invest in it. And we have an incredible team, a very creative team, a very, uh, they've done a wonderful job of listening to what's going on, evaluating and implementing change in a very, um, just, uh, just an awesome way. It really is. I can't say anything more highly about you guys. And I feel that we're in really good hands and we got good direction. You work closely, you know, all the way from the bishop, all the way down to the, the janitor of the church. Yeah. And you guys care about, you know, you understand everyone has a role in this. So thank you for all the work that you've been doing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really impressive. And I'm glad to work with, alongside of you guys in this. Father no, Andy, amen. You... It's all about, I mean, and that's what, as we know from even trying to circle back to, to parenthood and motherhood, right, that it's never a solo um, vocation, right? Very even much. when, even the vocations where you think like, oh, priesthood or religious life, like, well, I'm, you're, you're celibate, like that's solo, you know? I mean, like, no, we're always in relationship with each other. That's what the Trinity shows us, right? Like at the very essence of that. So, I mean, we're all in it together, you know, and it's, it's, we all can be great when we lift each other up yeah. um, and empower each other and lead each other to Christ and actively care about the faith journeys of each other. Um, which is again such odd conversation um, when so many of our friends, our family members, aren't on that path, you know, and we're so not used to having those conversations where it it can get hard. Which is why I think um, you know why Father Andy and I have made stayed friends all these years is because we we could have all the conversations, yeah. right? Not just some of them, but because w when we met, you know, in the context of the church or faith or being Catholic, that 
that that really opened up a real relationship in so many ways, a real friendship um, that we've treasured throughout all these years. Yes. And I, and I think that that's well, you can say that about anything. When you root it in Christ, it becomes so much more real, you know. Um, so marriage becomes so much more real, you know. Any any friend friendship or whatever you want to say becomes that much more real because nothing's off limits. Um, and that how how much do we have to tiptoe around each other right. in this day and age right. about topics? And oh my you know, goodness just, gracious, you just. One of the things that just keeps coming to mind is, you know, <clears throat> the reason why I am the priest who I am today is because of the relationships that I've had in the past and the fact that, you know, you were able to call me out at points and, and I was able to talk to you about things and we were able to have those conversations and you were able to say, well, no, wait a minute, did you ever think about it this way? And, you know, we were always able to have that communication. And if it wasn't for those moments, it you know, neither of us would be, first off, neither of us would be the people who we are. Um, but it also creates that friendship and that spiritual relationship that is so important, as you keep saying, as a parent or as any relationship. Yeah, and I, I even reflect on myself like that that's an area where I have to grow in, in particular in motherhood, because I'm like, oh, do I have a couple just good, solid Catholic friends that are also moms that we can have those conversations with each other with, right? Yeah. And and not necessarily just to, to call each other out, you know what I mean? But to really pray for each other, support each other along the way. Right. And, you know, moving moving right before pandemic <laughs> and, and trying to connect in the midst of uh, being pregnant and locked up also during pandemic and, yeah. and being safe and healthy. Um, but I think that that's something that we all have to, in our own vocations, say, do I have people that will keep me real, yes. that will keep me rooted in Christ, and that will care about my faith journey, and that want me to grow um, in relationship with Jesus and, and toward, you know, an eternal relationship with him in heaven. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, again, with marriage, we're like, oh, that's our spouse, you know, but right. I mean, it, gosh, it could be, it, it can expand beyond that as well, you it know. It definitely should. Yes. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And like I was joking before, we're not letting you get away. You're going to be back. And <laughs> it might be a few months. We'll let you have a little bit of time and come back to normal after. Oh, you guys are so generous. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give you about like Take a week. You know. And prayers for everything for your week. family. Yeah. Yes, everybody will think I was very sassy there. But I will say before we came on, <laughs> they were like, well, we could just have like a recording thing like in you know while you're giving birth you could just kind of you know we could put a microphone up there or whatever well, you know, like, uh -huh. I did, yes. all right so <laughs> you know it just happens to be that my mother is your midwife and so you That's know right. it, it'd be really easy but no 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 we won't we won't invade that it's a beautiful moment and so um what remind me when is the due date uh it's gonna be in the next two weeks so, yeah, wow. we're 37. So, I mean, two, three weeks. Okay, you so got to wait at least two because next week my mother okay. is off okay. all week. Oh, I'm vacation. Well, she told oh. me I could call her and she comes Same. because she loves me. She might be with me, so, so it'll be an hour <laughs> drive. So just just hold it. <laughs> oh, my. So, no, that's exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. And thank you again for coming on tonight okay. and being with us and celebrating today. I mean, 
yes, we're a few <laughs> weeks late on Mother's Day, but I think it's always a good time to talk about these topics, and um, yes. it, it's just a wonderful opportunity to uh, to share. I think like this is our first time um, since I was a priest, and, and you've been able to come back to the diocese that we can minister together, so this has really been fun, and I look forward to keep doing these kinds of things in the future, and some great exciting news coming um, in the near future for uh, everything. So like, there's going to be some awesome opportunities coming forward for our ministry and for, uh, some of the, you know, the Lord's work that he has planted before us. So I'm excited for that for all of us. So thank you for coming on to the encounter mercy podcast. So no, and thanks for having me, especially in the month of May that it's all about mama Mary. So uh just continuing to give it up to her and that's what i mean any woman that is is still like i don't know what motherhood is or what that looks like i mean mary's that that great you know example to all of us and i just think it's it's hard to to jump into mary i think before that moment in time and also to say that that's okay that i think there's a lot of women that feel shame about like well i really struggle to connect to mary you know or, yeah. or whatever the case may be um, because again, Mary starts off in the Bible as like, you're, you're going to have Jesus, like you're going to be a mom, you know? Mm. Um, but again, let Mary be a mom to you then, right? Like if your identity is daughter, well then let Mary be your mother. And if yeah. you're a mother, then, then let Mary be like in that, in that close knit community of motherhood and tell her your vulnerabilities and your joys and all of that, um, and roll with it. So if you don't have that relationship with Mary, I would say, you know, we got a, another week here. So yeah, it's a good yeah. time to maybe think, oh, let, let me just kind of give a shout out to Mary in my prayer and, and tell her what's on my mind, mind and heart and see, see what happens. So, Someone asked me a question this week that I want to wrap up with. Really stupid question, but I think it's fun. Um, so I'm going to make you answer this. And uh, first thing that comes to your mind. So um, if you were a type of tree, what type of tree would you be, Jillian? Birch. Okay, birch. All right. JC? <laughs> yeah. uh, a beech tree. Beech. All right. I'm a um, a willow, uh, a weeping willow. That For some oh. reason, that's been in oh. my mind now. It could be because the students over at the school are reading Harry Potter and we're at the Whomping Willow again. So, willow. you know, it's stuck in my oh. head. So I just have this image of a tree beating things up and, you know, chopping wood recently. So that's our stupid oh. random question at the <laughs> Very end of our episode. Like, just random thing. Got to end it somehow, and I think that was fun. Um, but thank you for listening to this crazy experience of the Encounter Mercy podcast. I appreciate you all for listening. I know we all thank you, all of us who are regulars on the show, as well as all of our guests. Um, I hope that we can get some more people on to chat with. Uh, so, Jillian, you're going to be our contact. Um, so, but thank you for listening. Thank you for getting us to number 32. That's really exciting. And we look forward to getting that number down to number one someday, God willing. So uh, thank you again for listening to Counter Mercy Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and uh, give a uh, some sort of like on every social media platform you can find. Listen to us on all places that podcasts are available. And yes, if uh, you are listening, you can use Alexa. It does work. We tested it again tonight, and I tested it here with a priest friend of mine, and it does work. So make sure you check it out. And uh, go on our website. We have a phone number. Leave us some audio feedback or any questions or comments you have. Let us know, and uh, you might just hear yourself in the next episode. So for tonight, have a wonderful night, and God bless you all.